everyone and welcome back to another episode of 30 flirty and surviving it is tracy as always new episodes come out every monday at 9 a.m on apple iheart spotify and youtube and you can follow along on instagram at 30 flirty surviving we are going to talk about fashion today we haven't i feel like we've had a couple like entrepreneurs in the fashion space. We had one stylist come on not too long ago, but we haven't really talked about it enough. And I think we, we've stressed the fact that dressing in this era of our lives can be difficult. So in my eyes, the more help, the better. The more advice, the better, right? So I have with me a personal stylist. Her name is Carrie Lynn, and she is going to be answering all of our questions and talking about style and dressing in our 30s. So Carrie Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so happy. You guys, if you're listening and you're not watching this portion on YouTube, you need to at least go to Instagram or to the YouTube clips and check out her hair. She has the most beautiful, like fuchsia, hot pink, (laughs) gorgeous hair. It's like giving me Haley Williams. Do you know who that is? Yes. Paramore. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You were like, it's very Haley Williams. (laughs) I love it. Well, am I showing my age? (laughs) Not that I don't every single episode of this show. (laughs) The show gives it away, yeah. I think, right? <laughs> um, it's fabulous. And also her matching lipstick, which w- right before we were um, recording, I was asking her, it's like the chicken and the egg, like what came first, the chicken, or the lipstick or the hair color? And it turns out that the lipstick actually came first. And I was surprised to hear that. I thought it would have been something you purchased afterwards to kind of complete the look, but it was there in your bag all along, meant to be, just Happy waiting accident. for you to dye your hair. Yeah. Have I- you had a lot of different crazy colors before this? No, this is the first time that I've done like a color color. I originally probably, I don't know, in 2017, I decided to go platinum from like really dark brown hair. Um, And I loved it so much that I chose and I was thinking, oh, I could do um, highlights and colors or something like that. And I love the platinum so much. I just decided to keep it for a long time. And so in summer of last year, I decided to give pink a try and (laughs) it was like really bright but I don't know I love it I feel like I my my whole being has been waiting for the moment to like be in fuchsia I don't know what it is but the second it happened it was like walking on the street and I was like yes this is me yes (laughs) I love it only few people can pull that off and you really do it well so I'm jealous it looks great (laughs) A, a very happy accident I'm glad you went through with it I want everyone to hear a little bit about your background and how you got started because you have a really cool story and I find it really interesting. So I want to start like from the beginning, but taking it even a step back further than that, let's do just some basic introduction questions, the get to know you. Sure, let's do this. (laughs) Where are you from? 
originally? Um, <laughs> I was born in New Hampshire. Okay. Uh, but military brat right here. So oh. we've been, um, we lived outside of London for a bit. We lived in Virginia for a bit. And then a few places in New Hampshire. And um, now my family just resides in, outside of Concord, New Hampshire. Wow. What was that like traveling all the time growing up? Um, I hated it. Yeah. Originally. <laughs> yeah. I I think, you know, especially when you start hitting your teens in middle school and everything like that, it's it's really tough to start over every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I find myself like with an itch about every four years. It's really so strange. It's just ingrained in you. Yeah. Like you're like, okay, it's time to go. I'm it's ready for, for a new, new adventure. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. Well, you put the travel bug in you. So there was something good about it. Yeah. I, cool. I actually appreciate it now. I did not you know, in my teens, but I absolutely do now. I think it's given me a lot of life skills that yeah. have only benefited me. I mean, thinking about it, like you've seen more than most people when it comes to 18 real world, right? Like you've lived in so many different places. Most yeah. people, it's at their first time, like ever stepping out of their bubble. Yeah. So you got to leg up in that way. It's yeah, cool. I think so too. But I understand it's like hard to uproot your whole life when you're a kid and make friends over and over and over again. But that right. also makes you really good with people. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so, I think that's one of the skills that I took away is I'm adaptable and yeah. I hindsight's enjoy. 20 right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where are you now? Are you in Concord? Nope. I actually live in Alston neighborhood. Oh, okay, so you're so, close. Okay, yeah, perfect. Very close. I mean, you know, 15 minutes, no traffic. <laughs> right, right. Unless an hour. Today, yeah. <laughs> an hour traffic. <laughs> it's crazy outside today. We're recording this the week of Thanksgiving and I was just on Atlantic Ave and it took me like 45 minutes just to get <laughs> off of Atlantic Ave and onto High Street. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, this time of day too kind of stinks, like right after work and stuff. Okay, moving on. What's your zodiac sign? Taurus. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. We love a Taurus. Um, actually, that's a lie. I got, actually, wait. Okay, you, when you first reached out to me, you had told me that you had found the show because of Jax, right? Yes, a friend of Jax who introduced me. Like, it kind of was yeah, like a like roundabout, yeah. I mean, that's how Boston is. It's like yep. so small. Um, but, but Hurley will attest to this I actually the poor girl I she was on and I was like I hate Tauruses I was like they just interview starting great like they don't work well and she was like you're the only one that feels that way I just always have butted heads with them for some reason Hmm. but this show is really changing my mind about it because I'm realizing that there's a lot more Tauruses out there that I do get along with than I didn't I feel like I had like that one you know maybe from like high school and it's like I've just given Tauruses a bad rap ever right. since and yeah. I realized I've been kind of like when you, you like date that wrong guy and like exactly. the name Chad just doesn't hold oh, it for yeah. you anymore you're just, just like, like I hear it you're like that one hits home um okay <laughs> I'm just laughing because I really dated a Chad so it just made me <laughs> okay that was good that was good but thank you and I would like to make again another public apology to Tauruses what's your relationship status I am married We've been married for five years. (laughs) Ooh, okay, a while. Yeah, we started dating though when I was 19. Wow. So we've been together for a long time. (laughs) Well, then that leads to how old are you now, if you don't mind saying? I am 36. Mm -hmm. Something about crossing the 35 line is interesting. Does it feel good? It does, actually. I 
feel like, I don't know, something clicked after I kind of crossed that line and it was like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Truly. I, I mean, yeah. at this point, I mean, I think it's all uphill from here, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, we've hit those mile markers. Like, you can vote, you can drink, you can rent a car, you can do it. Like, yeah. at this point, it's just another number. Absolutely. What's, what's the big idea? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's like, honestly, as long as I'm living the life I want to live and I'm not trying to do it by anybody else's like timelines, it's, it's fine. It's Very just a well number, said. like you said. <laughs> Very well said. I'm happy to hear that. And then lastly, I have a fun question for you since you are a personal stylist. <laughs> if you could be any shoe, mm. what would you be? I honestly, maybe it's just cause it's like fall winter, but any boot. I just love, like love boots. Like I have like yeah. cowboy boots and like, I think just any kind of boot. Right. Like if you only could wear one for the rest of your life, like it's, it's going to be a boot. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I feel I'll like even be could... a cowboy boot. If you want me to get real specific. I don't know something Ooh. about a cowboy boot. I remember that was like my first purchase when I was, uh, I don't know, like eight. I yeah. saved up my allowance to get these like cute white fringe cowboy no boots from like Payless, And like, I never forgotten them. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> what an, like, and, and especially like not having lived in the South or yeah. did you live in the South at some point? I mean, we lived like in a suburb of DC in Virginia. You're just like, but, I want those. But believe me, boots. we weren't country. <laughs> That's know. really cool. Yeah. And good for you saving your money early and getting what you want. I know. Look at entrepreneur from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always been in your blood. I yeah. love it. Okay, well, that's really fun. I was just, I was hoping you didn't say a high heel because I'm like, I, if you had to wear one shoe for the rest of your life, no. who is going to choose no. a heel? No. No one, right? No, no one. I would be I mean, shocked. I want to meet that person right. if that is their choice. And I want them to look me right in the yeah. eyes and tell me that they truly want to be there. I also want to meet their podiatrist. Yes, yeah. same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now that we have all of those covered, I want to sort of give you the floor a little bit and talk about where it all began, where it all started. You've had quite the journey, not e even prior to like the real world and your career, you know, moving around and stuff, but you also didn't start in fashion and styling. You had a completely different course in terms of your education. So I, those are my favorite types of stories. Whenever I have girls on the show and they are like, I was a lawyer and then I decided to be a makeup artist. Like, I'm like, yeah, that is just, <laughs> that is what like, excites me so yeah take it away and Absolutely. tell them well and just to say and like what you said like going from a lawyer to a makeup artist it's like I think a, our age group we were put upon us like what our paths should be mm -hmm. and I think very early on we realized we don't have to follow those paths yeah and it started switching pretty quickly and um, that being said when I went to college you know I, f I always think it's so crazy at the age of 18 you have to decide what you're going right? to be for the rest of your life which stressed me out <laughs> um, and I really thought psychology was fascinating I love hearing people's stories and just all of that about yeah. like just people in general and so I was like psychology is my direction. So I went to school for that originally. And then halfway through, I took a drawing class and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. And then luckily I had a professor that took an interest in what I was doing and encouraged me to continue on and showed me that there is a path in the arts if I want to go that direction. And um, so I did. 
And then that led me to running an art gallery in DC for a while, which was really fun. That was my, my goal. Like I was like, I just wanna be a gallery director and run a gallery. And I like did that at 27. I was like, okay. <laughs> check. <laughs> right, right, right. Now what? Yeah. Like I'm really good at like setting a goal and going for it <laughs> clearly. And it was really, really fun. I think at some point though, you know, in the art world, it's tough to make a living mm. unless you are working with specific people or specific uh, areas. So, um, and you know, being a, <laughs> being a millennial <laughs> drowning in student debt, right. <laughs> Right. Um, just trying to make a living, I realized that I needed to make a second income. But it was I didn't want to go back to like doing retail again, mm. which I mean, we've all done it. Oh, yeah. Um, and they just require so much of you. They require your weekends, your evenings. And I was like, yes. I don't want to give up all those things again just to have a second job. And I had met somebody while I was out networking for the gallery. And she was telling me all about the business that she was doing, which was personal styling through a custom clothing for men specifically. Okay. And so she was like, I think you'd be really good at this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you say so. I was like, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I looked into it and I was just like, I mean, do guys care what they're wearing? Right. And, you know, it's like, Curly, do guys care what they're wearing? <laughs> he looks wonderful not a, not today. <laughs> but but to no, but question. you're. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, really? You had to ask me today? Yeah, right. Um, no, he looks wonderful, but I, I do think that guys will go for comfort every time when right. given the option, right? Absolutely. And so I was thinking, well, I don't know if I'm going to have a clientele that's going to buy custom clothing that are men. And so while I was out networking for the gallery, I started kind of like asking guys <laughs> and surveying yeah. <laughs> to see. And the yeah, amount- Before I commit to this, right. is there really a need for it? <laughs> yes, 100%. I was like, you know, I think a lot of people are really great at selling their businesses, but it's like, you got to do the due, due diligence yeah. on your end if you're going to commit to something like that. And so as I was doing it, it was so surprising how many guys were like, um, yeah, no, I need that service. Like you'll come to me and tell me what to wear and it'll be all made to me. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, how do I like make an appointment with you? Right, and right. I was like, yeah, okay. So that like kind of kicked it off. And I started like filling that in with my gallery job and making money doing that. And when my husband got a job in Boston and we moved up here, I decided to just like not go back to the gallery world. I was I felt like I was done that chapter of my life was I was ready to move on and I was like let's just make styling my my full-time gig so Very cool here we so are you just sort of had this calling for it the gallery life had sort of served its purpose for yeah. you and you're ready to just dive in head first yeah I mean it was really fun being able to have conversations with um at this time with men and talking to them I mean some of these guys are CEOs of companies yeah. And they are looking to me to tell them how to dress. I mean, like, that's very powerful yeah. and exciting. And it's like, okay, well, I think you should wear this and I think you should wear that. And they're like, done. Easy. And how old were you at this time? Um, I was, I started running this business when I was 28, 27. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. like, think about it as a 28 year old girl, woman, yeah. you know, these guys are trusting and just taking your word for it. Yeah. That's pretty neat. It was but really it makes great. sense because I also, as much as I'm like, guys don't care, I also feel like they're so clueless that yep. they would just be like, yeah, please, whatever you say, I'll put it on. Like, this sounds like a great thing for me because they don't, they don't know where to start. Right. So even if they wanted to try. Yep. 
it it would take a lot of trial and error. <laughs> right, for sure. And I honestly think that, um, and I'm noticing this more and more with women recently too, now that I've like opened up my business to that, but I've noticed that I don't think it's necessarily that men don't care. I just don't think that they knew where to start. Mm. And I think that there's still a little bit of that societal pressure of like, you're a guy, you don't care about those things. Yeah, or like it's the frivolous. gender roles and norms. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, being busy and having a life of family at times, I'm sure they were just like, I, I don't want to spend my weekend trying to figure out how to dress. Yeah. I, I'd rather spend it with my family or spend it watching the game or something. Right. And I'm noticing even that more with women as well. Like they would rather be doing something else than stuck in a mall mm -hmm. or spending hours looking for that dress or those shoes. I, like the online shopping thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like I fully depend on online shopping for a lot now, but it's hard because just like going to the store, it's just like, it's either out of stock in your size. Yeah. It's a mess because people don't like put things back where they, where they belong. And it can be, you want to go in and buy like a top and a skirt and you're there for four hours. It, right. It's like a process. So the online shopping really has its convenience, but the problem is you never really know what you're going to get once it comes true. home, you yeah. know? And how many times are you shipping things back to return because it didn't look like you imagined it would or the fabric was different in person. So that it's like nothing really going in stores is difficult, has its challenges. Shopping online has its challenges. So insert someone like you, problems solved in a lot of ways right. because you know what looks good on certain body types. You have brands that you trust and that you buy from that you feel confident being able to sort of send people to or or you know, get pieces for somebody. So it's funny the world that we live in and how and how different it is. It but is. it's it's a great service to have. And also, I mean, you know, online shopping has its problems, in person shopping has its problems. And even today as I was shopping with a client, we were looking at uh, sweaters mm -hmm. and we grabbed a sweater off the rack and I was like, honestly, if I had seen this online I might have passed it by because I couldn't tell really that it had a shine to it. I couldn't tell that, honestly, the fabric looked really rough, but when you touched it, it was like so beautiful and soft and Oh my God, flowy. there's nothing worse than that like itchy wool yes, sweater. Exactly. Oh, yes. My skin right now, I'm already itching Exactly, it. and this client in particular is very sensitive to that stuff. So <laughs> shopping in person makes so much sense for her and she doesn't have to worry about the online shopping necessarily, mm -hmm. but we can filter it in. So I was like, I honestly would have passed this by. And so again, like- So even you, like you're still surprised yeah. by things and learning and that's really cool. I wanna sort of pivot to how then you started to um, style women. But before we do, I thought you brought up a really interesting point that we haven't talked about a lot on this show. So I kind of want to carve out a minute for it. But I yes, I think our generation, there wasn't an option. It's like, you're going to college. Right. There, and now so many people are going to trades early or they're, and they're not going to school. They're just getting certain certifications and they don't have that college debt that we have mm -hmm. um, or had whatever people's situations is, but like it was, it wasn't an option. Like our, like it was just almost instilled in us mm -hmm. that like we had to, that was the only next step. Right. And then you're forced to choose a major and it, 
you don't even know if it's something you really like or you're gonna like in four years when you get out to the workforce. And it's so it's so almost like backwards to me right. that that was ever the mentality. So I'm glad things are changing. But the the number one thing that I pulled out from what you were saying was that we were all like, I've been there wa- working two jobs. My mm-hmm. sister used to work three jobs. Like I know you were saying you're working, you know, multiple jobs, making ends meet. And because we have that debt right off the bat and right. we have to find some other way to be able to like enjoy our lives with a little pocket change and spending money or like to actually be able to pay the bills. But for you, I'm curious, like, did you ever struggle with, should I follow my passion even if it's not lucrative for me compensation wise? Or should I just like go to school, do psychology, be a psychiatrist, whatever, because that's where the money's at? Like, did you ever have that push and pull a little bit there? I I absolutely did. And, um, and it definitely was happening for a while. I don't think I've like fully, or I had made it to this point now where I'm like, it, it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you hate what you're doing, like your mental health is suffering, your personal relationships are suffering. And what what's the point of making all that money if that's happening? Right. Granted, I'm in a privileged space to say that. I do have a safety net with my family. You know, if anything were to happen, they're like, sure, move on in back into your room. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, so I do have that. But I feel like I as I was actually kind of out there and networking for Uh, the gallery. And then when I started kind of doing this, the side gig at the time of styling men, I had met this uh, woman who is a really good friend of mine now, who was an executive coach. And as I talked to her about originally just wanting to like sell more and get, you know, build a business, she really um, opened my eyes to the fact that you really can create a business out of anything. Like we're so lucky to have, I mean like podcasts, like if you, (laughs) I couldn't have had done a podcast when I was in college, like that didn't really exist. Right. Um, But you can absolutely do it. And I think just sitting down and breaking down what I really want to do and why I want to do it and why, why was I on that path to, become a psychologist or whatever I want to do in psychology. And is that actually where I want to go? And I think actually sitting back and analyzing all that stuff really made a huge difference to a point now where I'm willing to sacrifice making a huge paycheck if it's not going to benefit me in the long run, if it's not going to help my health, if it's not going to be a person I want to work with. I've definitely told clients that it's a no for me if they want to treat me badly or yeah. don't want to go along with what I'm asking for them from them, then it's a no. I don't I don't have time to sit that. around and fight with them about it. So I, love I think if you put up those boundaries and guidelines in your life, I think you can absolutely follow that path of whatever it is. Not saying that every every hobby and fun thing needs to become a business, but <laughs> but it can be. Yeah, absolutely. And your your joy and your happiness is priceless. You absolutely. know, it's, it's worth more than any paycheck will ever give you. So I I love that you sort of took the like struggled for a teeny bit to make it happen. You know what I mean? And kind of like yep. figured it out. But also again with like millennials, they give us such a bad such a bad such a bad. 
<laughs> but honestly, we were the ones that first started making this sort of change. So they yeah. can, all those Gen Zers can thank us. Right? I mean, think about it. When I, when I graduated from college, 2008 was happening right. and I couldn't find a job to save my life. Like yes. I was getting turned away from simple retail jobs and I had had tons of experience. I was like, what am I going to do? And then now enter this gig economy that, you know, all of these millennials have created. It's made such a difference for people right. that they can actually have businesses in different areas that actually serve them. I mean, <laughs> Amen. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, serious. I just want to take a moment to say millennials, yeah. <laughs> millennials crawled so Gen Zers could walk, you know? I mean, <laughs> amen, sister. <laughs> okay. Now, back to you were styling for men here. And at what point did you say, I want to start opening this up to women? Uh, I would honestly, it was like right before the pandemic, great time to make decisions on your business. <laughs> As we all know now, I just was sitting there. I'm like, I would like to start offering the service to women because as I was saying, uh, as I'm talking to all these guys, I'm meeting their wives or their girlfriends mm -hmm. or sisters or moms. And they're like, can you do this for me? And I, I was like, uh, oh, I mean, I don't, I can refer you to somebody, I guess. And the more I started hearing it, the more I was like, well, you know, if you just do these things and change that, yeah. I started giving advice. And I realized at some point I was like, I could get paid to do this. Right, like, why can't <laughs> like, I why, help them? Yeah, why don't I help them? I mean, I love working with men, but I also think that honestly working with women has been something I've been wanting to do in some capacity. I, you know, I think that obviously we have fashion options, but Something about the way, especially for us millennials, our generation has been told to mold our bodies into certain ways. And thank God we have more body positive um, outlets these days. But I think a lot of us are struggling with that in our minds of how to uh, love ourselves and also um, dress ourselves in a way that we can feel great when we're outside. And I was hearing it over and over again. And it was honestly really sad because I mean I'm not saying I haven't struggled myself but hearing that you know how much they can't wear a dress because their hips are too big or they can't wear that because of this and I was like that's not true at all <laughs> yeah I was gonna I was gonna ease into this one but I feel like we just need to like go for it because that is something that I think every woman can relate to that at some point in our lives, like I know for me for years, it's like I can never wear a back, anything that's like backless because like I need to make sure I got my bra on. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like there's things you just like immediately rule out or there's some people that it's like, I don't want to wear um, anything that's like a midi because it makes me look even shorter or whatever, or this is mm -hmm. too clingy to my stomach and I would need to wear shapewear and then I'd be uncomfortable. And people just, without even trying it on, without even yes. knowing how it actually would look. Exactly. Excuse me. I'm just like, getting so passionate. I have a frog in my throat. I'm sitting here. How it would look. They're like, like they just have this idea in their head of what it's going to look like. And it's almost the fear of that idea being right. They don't even try it because they don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. Which and is a whole other psychological thing, right? A whole <laughs> other thing, exactly. But I'm curious for you, like, 
as this person that they're looking to and for for guidance and for encouragement and for help, how has that been when you're having those conversations with clients about body image and feeling insecure about certain areas? I mean, so we all have our insecurities and I'm not asking people to ignore them entirely, but I also am asking my clients to tell me what they love about their bodies. Is there something specific that you want to highlight or show? And so instead of coming at it of like what you hate, let's talk about what it is you love so that maybe we can switch that conversation a bit and hopefully start changing that conversation that you're having with yourself on a constant basis of what isn't working. And I have to be gentle about it because it is, it's a lot of, it's many years of self-talk that we have. Um, And a lot of, right? And a, a lot of social um, social ideas of what is good for our body, our culture, all of that. Um, and it changes of course, but, uh, you know, I think trying to, to like wade through the muck (laughs) in your brain of like what's actually true and what is something that has been put upon you to believe in your body. Um, yeah, it's just, honestly, just kind of getting rid of that number. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I love, I mean, it just, it sounds like you're sort of flipping the idea on its head a little bit, you know, we're aware enough to know that's so those ideals are very deep rooted. Like you mentioned, you're not going to fix that overnight. You're not going to put on a new outfit for her and she's going to be like, I forgot everything I ever thought about. But what you can do is slowly but surely sort of chip away at it. And a great way to do that is, well, what are the things you do like? And let's Mm -hmm. try to highlight that and then get that confidence. And then once you have on so many outfits that you've felt really good in, maybe then they'll want to experiment and yes. branch out a little bit. And it's, it's yep. like baby steps. It sort Absolutely. of takes time to like work to, up to that. But I love that idea of rather than avoiding what we don't like, leaning into and embracing what we do like. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and I, I mean, even like kind of what you're saying, like, oh, taking baby steps. Oh yeah, I'm not sitting there and saying, okay, today you're gonna wear hot pink. And they're like, I've never worn a color in my <laughs> life. You know, uh, we have to start with what's comfortable. And I love when people say that, oh, I can't wear this because X, Y, Z, whatever story they've told themselves about why yeah. they can't wear a skirt that looks like that or a top. I like, the second I hear it, I was like, challenge accepted. <laughs> I was like, I don't think you've tried the right thing or the right cut. Let's see what we can do to change your mind. Interesting. Uh, I say that because that was myself even years ago. I remember when I was, um, I had a, this was way before I had the job at the gallery, but I was working in a, a women's clothing store and it was kind of run like a boutique and they encourage us to go and try on all the clothes. And there'd be many times where I'm like, oh, this is gonna look ridiculous on me. You all wait. And then I would put it on and I'd be pleasantly surprised. Mm. And so the more I did that, the more I realized I'm like, what is this story I have in my head about this doesn't look good on me or that doesn't? So it's always a challenge when a client's like, I can't do that or I can't do this. I'm like, just humor me. Yeah, just you wait, let and me show you. Yeah, and it's amazing how I can flip that on on their head. And I think once we do that, it starts to, open up their mind to the possibility of feeling really good in things that they thought they could never feel good in. That's really cool. I love that. So just to kind of give people like something tangible, some little visuals, I'm curious, do you have certain tips and tricks when it comes to either styling certain 
body types or if there is like a certain area that somebody's maybe insecure about, whether it's like the tummy or the the hips or whatever it may be. Let's do like a couple just for for fun. Sure. Um, (laughs) So let's start with somebody who is like insecure about the tummy. Like what do you, how do you advise them? Yeah. So, I mean, it all depends on what exactly is going on there because it's not always, sometimes you might look at somebody and you're like, I don't understand what your insecurity yeah, is I'm about this. Yeah, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. Uh-huh. And so a lot of times, uh, especially as I'm starting with a new client and gaining their trust, a lot of times it's just, okay, well, how can we draw our eyes away from that area or something that is not essentially highlighting it? So mm-hmm. we're probably not wearing like those pants that are like stretching. I mean- I definitely was put on these leather pants. And honestly, I would have never thought that my stomach looked like that until I put the leather pants on. I was like, okay, well, these are not the cut for me. Um, (laughs) I've just been assaulted by these leather pants. (laughs) I am moving on to the next thing. So it would be things like that I'd be moving on from. And, you know, if somebody is feeling like they need more of a support in that area, sometimes just grabbing the right clothing that is not going to be too revealing or too light fabrics, those make differences on how also people feel secure. Mm -hmm. Um, So if somebody's like insecure about their tummy and they're wearing a really tight dress, it's probably how the dress is cut. Maybe it's flowing over from like the waist down or maybe it's got ruching that kind of draws the eyes in a different spot that isn't showing everything that you don't want to show. Okay, okay, tricky, tricky. <laughs> what about people who feel like they have a big bum or their thighs? Like, how? What are ways you kind of hide some of that if that's what they're looking for? Not saying you have to, because right. I don't think that anyone should. But if they were like, I want something to just like feel a little slimmer. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, hey, you know, I think that you're gorgeous the way you are, right, kind of thing. Right. But I understand that you also need to feel beautiful and comfortable in what you're wearing. So if anybody is trying to kind of draw attention away from their thighs or their butt in any way, a lot of times just sticking with darker colors on the bottom and staying away from really big prints or any prints on the pants, that would be not, that would end up accentuating it even more. So if you want to accentuate your thighs and your butt, go with prints. (laughs) I need to wear a lot of prints just on my butt. So there it looks you go. Like I yeah. have one. It makes That's me think a good of tip. right. It I makes, need like the juicy couture. Yes, the juicy <laughs> sweatpants. I just needed to say juicy. Yeah. It'll make it look like I got a tush. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> and that's the trick for the other way. Add more. Right. Right. Exactly. I'll just do the opposite in that area. Perfect. Thank you very much. Do you ever feel like you run into challenges when someone is? super slim versus maybe a little bit on the heavier side. Like how is that for you as a stylist? And so you mean like they're, they're just, they're naturally just really slim. That's just, yeah. yeah. They're, and I'm not, not even like insecurities, just like that's their frame. Like, do you ever have to like switch up the way you look at something or the way you go about how you're going to style them because of their natural body type or in those areas, can you really just like play around with what they like and just have fun with it? Yeah. I mean, I think that honestly, any, it doesn't matter what body type you are. I think everybody comes into clothing yeah. feeling some way about it. 
You know, I feel like I've had clients who uh, have really thin frames and they have something that they're insecure about or that they're worried about. Um, sometimes they even, again, have the stories about what doesn't work. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> of course that will work on you. So I feel like when I talk to anybody, it's kind of the same situation. It's still mm. like figuring out what it is that they're struggling with, why they are struggling with their figuring out their own style and their own fits. And going at it that way. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then in terms of like age, mm -hmm. um, I think we're all sort of aware that our style changes and adjusts, evolves as we do. I'm not wearing the same clothes I was wearing. I'm not wearing the juicy tracksuits anymore, although right. I probably could. But like, you know, like, <laughs> we're, like we're not like, you know, there's a little bit more of like a mature look that you're going for if you're going to be in the office or just like you feel like something is more quote unquote age appropriate. How do you typically go about trying to tr help transition someone's wardrobe to sort of match a next phase in their life or, you know, a new like um, milestone in terms of age. Yeah. I mean, and you're so right. As we age, our sometimes our wardrobes don't follow us. And I'm not saying that if you are 40 that you have to dress a specific way. It all honestly depends on what you want to project. Right. If you are looking to look like a badass lawyer, an attorney, and you want that respect, it's just teaching you how to maybe not wear the skirts that are um, hot pink and are really short. Like it's just changing that. Um, and maybe it's graduating you to uh, a little bit more of an elevated look, maybe also helping you understand why spending a little bit of extra money on a good quality item is a better way to go opposed to the fast fashion. Not that, you know, you can't have some fast fashion. There's a time and place, um, yeah. obviously. But I think it's just a lot of that. It's teaching somebody also what is appropriate at this point. I think a lot of times we get stuck in this idea of what, professional is or what casual is uh, and we forget that like we can make it our own and make yeah. it work in our um, in our businesses or in our careers or whatever and so I think a lot of it is just okay where are you at now yeah. <laughs> what do you want to project now let's go from there and I'm going to help you narrow that down and what's gonna, you know, what's in your closet and what needs to be tossed because yeah. it's like, this is from college and maybe it's not appropriate any longer. <laughs> um, maybe not for your office job. <laughs> right. I mean, but yeah, it can still show their personality and yeah. reflect who they are while sort of coming to the, the occasion or rising to the occasion, yeah. so to speak. I think a lot of people think when I come into their closet that I'm going to toss everything. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the case. I think especially if a client is buying pieces over, you know, a year, two years, three, like a piece every mm -hmm. so often, I think naturally those trends start to kind of go with you, but it's just figuring out what is actually working with your style and what you want to uh, say about who you yeah. are with your style and maybe what's just kind of run its course. And so I don't get rid of everything. There are things that are sometimes really great that clients have. It's just maybe they haven't seen what the potential is in that item. I've definitely had a client who's like, I have this great, you know, floral blazer and I just, I bought it on a whim. I should probably get rid of it, right? And I was like, oh no, no, no. no I was like, if you love it, 
let me show you how you can style this. That's awesome. It's so funny too, because we do have those certain pieces where it's like you only wear them together, yeah. but then you can't really get as much use out of them because it's the same outfit every time, but just in our heads, we haven't thought of another way to wear it. So it's nice to have that second set of eyes and someone who knows what they're doing come in and be like, wait a second, you could also do it this way or try it this way. I am curious though, do you have a set list of things that you like automatically if you go into their closet and see you are getting rid of anything that you're like we can't have this here <laughs> there have been there have been some interesting items definitely i mean i probably wouldn't encourage a 35 year old to have juicy uh, velour pants okay, and no wear those way. in public. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to wear them in your house, do your thing, but right. um, probably not appropriate outside. Right. But I think, I think honestly, a lot of it is getting rid of like those ratty t-shirts that you've held on to for so long and they're no longer looking good. They don't even fit you. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of even, honestly, the, the clothes that don't fit you, whether they're too big or too small, I'm all of us do this. I'm sure you have stuff in your closet. I'm sure I have still stuff in my closet that I haven't found, but we hold on to these things that don't fit us and they just take up all this space. And honestly, it's draining. Like every time you look at those pants, you're like, oh, I don't fit in them. Right. In whatever way that is. So every time you look at them, you just feel worse about yourself and don't, you're not looking at what is going to give you a positive spin on your day, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, those are probably the biggest things that I'm like out. But it's it's all I think comes back to like society too cuz I think it's so true like we are obsessed with being young. And so we mm-hmm. wear clothes that we think are going to make us look young and we look older. We're obsessed with being thin. So you wear the size smaller than you probably are because you want to be able to say you can fit into that size and you end up looking a little bit like you're carrying a little bit of extra weight right because it doesn't fit you so of course like you have a roll hanging over the side because it's too like so if it's funny I feel like if we just were okay with like dressing our age and going the size up we'd actually have a better overall impression of ourselves and, and feeling about ourselves in the long run because we're not trying to force something that isn't there. We're just leaning into what already exists. Yeah, and I think on... Uh, what you said about uh, trying to dress younger or like, because we want to look younger. I think a lot of that too is us looking at what the trends are and and letting that dictate what our style should be, which is the absolute wrong way to go about it. I love a good trend. I'm all for this 90s trend. I get to relive my like middle school years, flannel, yes, ripped (laughs) jeans, yes. But I'm not going and grabbing all the crop tops. Like that's just not me. Like that's not my style. So why would I spend time and money on a style that isn't mine? And I think a lot of times that's what's happening. Uh, People are getting so hung up on these trends and forgetting, right, but do I like that? What does that say about me? Is this what I want to share and project into the world? And so yeah, 
trends alone. I mean, I could go on a whole I, thing. About trends. No, you actually read my mind. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you. So you already have answered that, but I think it is so true. It's just this vicious cycle of, mm-hmm. oh, she's wearing that and it looks good in her, so I want to get that top because it's cute. And then you put it on yourself, and it you doesn't look the same way, and then you're not feeling good about yourself, mm-hmm. and then you're just disappointed, and then it's like it's just over and over and over again. But you knew when you saw the top that's not the top that like normally fits you right or like you know what I mean like that's Mm -hmm. not the type of style you normally go for but you just got it because it was trendy or because so and so had it and I think we fall victim to that so much yeah it's constant with this well I think with like Instagram and yes um watching all these celebrities and what they're wearing I mean I love seeing what's out there but also again what Kim Kardashian is wearing is not my style. So right. I'm not going to go after what she's buying or um, wearing. And that's fine. I think that if more people recognized and took the time to think about, do I feel good in that when mm-hmm. I wear that? You know, it's great. Kim feels great in it. But yeah. do I feel good when I wear that dress? If the answer is no, then it shouldn't be on your body and it shouldn't be in your closet. Uh, and I think that's when I can usually step into is help understand why that's not working and how you can still feel really great in something else that maybe still is appropriate for your age, also appropriate for whatever it is you're wearing it for mm-hmm. and probably still feel really sexy. I love that. Thank yeah. God for you. <laughs> um, I have another question for you, sort of the difference between men and women, not necessarily when it comes to the idea of, of utilizing a stylist. I know we covered that, but I'm curious, once you're in the thick of it, like men clients versus female clients, what are some of the differences? Like, do women tend to be a little bit more vocal than men? Do you get more pushback from one or the other? What sort of uh, trends do you see there? Yeah, uh, it is actually different. I, you know, obviously I can't generalize that all men or all women not. are this way, right? Uh, <laughs> but I would say that men are really great at just making a decision right away. They're, they aren't going to sit there and spend uh, minutes and time really thinking it over too, too long. They've hired me for the job and they tend to trust me pretty quickly and trust that whatever decisions I'm putting in front of them, that they are the right decisions for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like those those appointments with them go quickly, okay. and, which I love. And with women, I would say we tend to want to really think it over. We want to, f- we have a little bit more about how do we feel in these things, which is totally fine. Uh, it just takes a little bit more time to feel out the clothing, to decide if they're ready to trust me or not. And that's, again, that's okay. I get it. We have, we've all been in control of our style for a while. Sometimes (laughs) it's a little difficult to relinquish that control. Whereas again, like I said, men just seem to, when they hire you, they're like, I've hired you for the job, do the job. Right. There's nothing nothing more to question. Yeah. But women are like, hmm. I don't know if I want to fully let go just yet. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of not surprised. I know that like women tend to have a little bit more of those indecisive tendencies, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm surprised that it's such a constant thing that you're dealing with. Like I think it'd be like here and there um, because you would think once they, by the time they come to you, they've already sort of gone through that, worked through that, right? But no, mm-hmm. they're still like, oh, I don't know. They just want to dip the toe in. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's understandable. And it varies, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's totally understandable. I think that 
as women, we've been told that we're good at, we should be good at fashion and understand how to dress ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we've been doing it our way for a while. And also we have a hundred things we're juggling. So we just want to make sure that when we put our trust in somebody that they're going to lead us in the right direction because you have a hundred other things you need to deal with. Yeah. And you may just have to kind of watch it for a minute and that's okay. I get it. Sure <laughs> is. Now let's talk about your style for a little bit because I mean, obviously with the hair, like you're bold, you're, you're, you're cool with trying something a little out of the box. You're wearing your leather pants, your snake skin, like you're having fun. I love yep. your style. I'm curious for you. How would you describe what your style is if you had too. Um, I will be really honest. It, it changes with my mood. <laughs> I like that. Um, I have always struggled with like pinpointing down a style, which maybe that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I feel like it's a little edgy with some classic tendencies. And I do like to be bold. Like there always has to be a print or a color. Yeah. So I don't know if I necessarily fall in like preppy or punk or whatever, any of those whatever you want to name it. But I feel like I kind of grab from different areas and make it mine with like the prints and the colors. Okay, fun. Do you have a favorite color that you do like to wear? I mean, is it is it pink? I would have to guess. Or <laughs> I know. Is it not? It's so funny. People are like, pink must be your favorite color. And I was like, honestly, it's not. It, I, I have no idea. I like just love color. Mm -hmm. Like if you asked me before I had the pink hair, I probably would have been like, uh, lime green today. Yeah. I just love color in general. So it's very difficult for me to- That keeps it fun. And I I feel like that's what my closet ends up looking like too. I end up finding a color and I'm like, ooh, this color starts showing up a yes. lot. <laughs> I have a question for you because I've always been curious that obviously, you know, every girl's gone through that like period where she's like, I'm gonna dye my hair. And I've thought about it, I've gotten so close, but I don't have the guts <laughs> to do it. But one of my fears is because I'm like, is it gonna clash with everything? Am I I mean, I pretty much only wear black anyway. I mean, you're so, catching me on so a So nothing good day. would clash. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for the most part, it's like every time, you know, I think of like, will that match if I wanted to wear red or if I wanted to wear blue? Was that something you ever thought about? You were like, nah. On, yeah, I did actually. I was, <laughs> but it was like after I did it, I was like, oh no. You're like, it's too late now. Will anything not, <laughs> well, do I have anything in my closet that will like, go with my hair. Yeah. Uh, that would be my fear that was like limiting my options. Right. But I actually have found that it hasn't been an issue. Obviously. I mean, if I was to wear red, it might look strange, but Valentine's Day. honestly, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't know if I gravitate towards that color anyway. So far, I have not noticed that anything in my, cl my closet clashes. It's actually- That's awesome. It's kind of been fun. And I don't think anyone's looked at it and been like, what were you thinking? I mean, no. maybe they're not saying anything. But no, they're definitely <laughs> uh, not thinking I think if that. you just own it, nobody's, nobody's really gonna question you. You just have to own it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Speaking of owning it, talking about going to a first date or an interview, any sort of special occasion, do you think that there is a right color Color to get the job, you know, get your crush to like you, whatever it is. Like, are there certain colors that if for, I feel like for a while people used to say, you know, wear red in an interview. It's like really powerful, it's mm -hmm. strong, and people gravitate towards you. Is that a thing? Do you ever give advice based on that? I honestly have not. Because I mean, not red's not everybody's color right. either. So I think that um, what I usually recommend is obviously dress for what's appropriate for that interview or that date, but add something in there that's a little bit you. I mean, if it feels really great to wear like 
that navy blazer with a little hot pink top underneath, then do it. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to look at it and be like, this is absolutely inappropriate. Obviously, cuts and everything like that matter. But I think incorporating a pattern or a color into something that speaks to you is usually what I recommend. Perfect. And do you have an accessory that you feel like is largely underrated that we're not wearing enough or that we look over often? Um, I was originally going to say earrings because I love earrings. Like I love a good statement earring as you Those can see. Those are really fun. Um, She's wearing these like dangly <laughs> gold. They're like semi-circles are really cute. Yeah. And I feel like you can have a lot of fun with them, but honestly, I think it's the belt. <laughs> The, the, the good old belt. Seriously. See, oh, you almost even <laughs> overlooked it because you went right to earrings. Exactly. I feel I the amount of clients that I work with and they're like, I don't have a good belt. And I'm like, what? Um, it can I make or like break it. Right. It can make or break an outfit, whether you're doing it like, you know, to cinch your waist, which that's what I'm doing today to kind of accent this like really baggy jacket and or just like an actual belt for your pants. That like little accessory can really... It can add to the outfit, but it helps like break up the space. It can change things. I know it has so many like purposes too. It can yeah. really, like complete the outfit. I mean, it could tie all of your accessories together, you know, or all your colors if you mm -hmm. wear one that has a color. I mean, so that little piece can be such a game changer. Don't sleep on the belt. No, no. <laughs> I love that. Okay, well, this has been so much fun. I could ask you questions forever and ever, but I am so grateful that you've been here. I, you are so wise and so open-minded and you have this really positive, sweet demeanor to you. And I hope that all of your clients see that because it was pretty instant for me. So I love chatting with you. I love your outlook and all of this. But before I let you go, mm -hmm. two things. First, foremost, where can people find you? What's your Instagram? KLV underscore styling is my Instagram and my TikTok, if that's what you do. And TikTok. <laughs> and also your website, right? Yep. Yeah, so my website is. KLV styling. Yep. Just remove the underscore. So KLV styling. Yep. Okay. Perfect. And then anywhere else they can find you that we haven't. Nope, those are those are the main places. And okay. if people are wanting to also kind of get more information on styles that are happening each month or tips and tricks, I have actually, if you join my little newsletter email, I've been sending out videos to people Very once a cool. month with like, this is my tip for the month or my trend lookout for the month. So, so. they can sign up for that on your website. Yep, absolutely. And if they were curious about like a consultation or using your services, is it best to contact you on the website or Instagram? Either one. Either one. I'm checking them. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever your mode. Um, okay. And then the last thing is. I always like to end with a final sort of piece of advice to bring everything together. But my question is, if there was one thing that younger Carrie Lynn could know that you know now, what do you wish that someone would have told her sooner? I actually have two things. Okay. One is, it's just a number, <laughs> which has to relate with sizes, obviously. It's just a number. It means nothing about you. And then I would also say that I wish somebody had told me early on that style is not a frivolous thing to, to focus on, that it is actually something that can really 
illuminate who you are. Uh, and it's beneficial. It's not a frivolous yeah. thing. I think that's the biggest thing. It's just not frivolous. I think that I thought for a long time that it was, it's not worth my time or my energy. But once I realized how great I feel when I am dressing for myself and how I love uh, to look, yeah. it's changed how I show up in my day. No, that's really important. It's not, I, it, I, I feel like it falls into this space of like, oh, it's vain. Why do you mm-hmm. not care about this? And it's like, it has so much to do with our self-confidence and how 100%. we present ourselves, how we look at things. It's so much bigger than just clothes. Absolutely. So I wish, I wish somebody had told me that clothes they aren't frivolous and they are worth your time and energy. Well, thank you for saying it now because I'm sure there's somebody else out there who still needed to hear that. So much appreciated. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week.